0: If you don't have an apartment in the city, an antique store, a country house, and an exciting job in the field of investigative journalism, what the fuck are you even doing with your life? It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, this week on Why Do You Know That?
1: Welcome to Why Do You Know That, the party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman.
0: I'm Steve Splaga.
1: Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How you doing? It's like week. I've lost track of what week it is during the quarantine.
0: I've adapted. We're in end times. It is what it is. And I'll die alone in this room.
1: (laughs) You'll have fruit snack. You'll have your cat. You won't be totally alone.
0: No. Yeah. No. I mean, I think she's over me also. It's like how much time can you spend just laying and being about like leave so I can miss you. That's what she's saying.
1: Yeah. My cat has uh, started doing this thing where it seems to be upset when I'm around. But then the minute I leave is like, wait, no, come back. I didn't mean it. Oh Uh, yeah.
0: No, look, I'm ready to play. Look, my tummy. Look, look, tummy. Yeah. Tummy for you.
1: Uh, it started doing this thing because it's gotten warm, where the cat will crawl into an underbed storage drawer and sleep all over my clothes, which is Uh-oh. adorable and also very annoying because now all my clothes are covered in cat hair that I like just washed. But it's too cute to be mad about.
0: You know, I'd much rather an adorable cat lurking beneath the bed than some slimy turtles (laughs) lurking beneath the city streets
1: maybe some pizza eating turtles wielding various beedle weapons beedle 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 beedle. that's a signal going off let's bring in our guest you know i'm from gentified on netflix and spanish Aki presents please welcome Carl hey Santos.
2: everybody it's week seven week seven <laughs> of <laughs> quarantine very happy to be here uh week seven week, week heaven, heaven seven minutes in heaven and you know what guys it wasn't april a big blur wasn't it just a blur <laughs> it's gonna get quicker yeah. it's it's like uh inner space it's just gonna keep getting faster and faster pretty soon it's gonna be june so that's the good news
1: eventually we'll hit christmas and we'll just be like yeah. what really already okay i guess i'm baking gingerbread now and not yeah. sourdough
0: I mean, I hadn't seen Space, so there goes that. <laughs>
2: oh. uh,
1: so we're, today we're talking about the original 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes. movie. Absolutely. Uh, Carlos, why do you know that?
2: Uh, well, I've been a long time uh, Turtle fan. And if you've ever l- watched Lost, it's like a constant. It's like a totem for like, it's a direct connection back to my childhood. So... Uh, and I believe the movie came out, I was nine or eight. And so it was the peak of the, the brand. It was the peak of everything. And the movie kind of, it's very special. It's a very special movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there was a lot of rebooting that happened within the last five years with Michael Bay at the helm, and yeah. those, uh, those those did not succeed creatively or commercially. No. But this well, first
0: one has yeah,
2: they wrote it out. They missed the whole point. They missed the whole point. I mean, we could talk about the 1990s movie, or we could do another episode about how frustrated a lot of people were with the Michael Bay movies. <laughs>
0: disagree we, i think we can okay,
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right it's a combo now it's like a two-in-one shampoo we're gonna get both things done. hey this
2: is brought to you by pert plus uh. <laughs> so.
1: another night another thing that i remember from yeah exactly did you guys you were you guys a pert plus household were you five yeah a BO5 I, very, much, household?
0: very much
2: the fact that i could just skip away into two like just go directly with shampoo and conditioner at once was for a child that was amazing
1: uh at some point when i was younger i don't know when this happened i want to say like second grade some at some point we switched from pert plus to panting and to this day i still don't know why because it think sounded fancy somebody at my yeah i guess did you guys also do the
2: herbal essence uh did you go through the herbal essence phase
1: oh yes that was brief though
2: wow. yeah
1: and it was definitely a thing where I was watching those commercials as a kid going like, but why? Yeah, it, because I was mm-hmm. a little too young. Yeah. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, she horny. <laughs> it's the horny shampoo. It's, That's it's what this is. It's a sense
2: memory, yeah.
0: <laughs> it is so weird let that be a thing. Because organic sounds like orgasmic. Yeah. We just let women come on yeah.
2: television. <laughs>
1: Sex sells You know what else sells? Turtles. Turtle toys. <laughs> <laughs> um, were you uh were you besides like the movie itself, were you a big teenage mutant ninja turtle fan as a kid? Like did you have a bunch of toys? yeah yeah have yeah. iconic books, etcetera?
2: I don't remember how or when it happened, but I knew that I was very much a fan of the cartoon series. Um and so a few years later the movie came out and I just I don't think I've ever been so excited for a movie. I saw that movie almost every day for a long period of time. I can still quote it probably. If I played it, I could probably still know all the lines. That's how much I watched it. I think at one point, my dad got so pissed at me because he, <laughs> he started playing and he was like, no, <laughs> my God, I called my mom. I was like, Gloria, he's playing the movie again. Can you?" Play? He was like super, like, yeah.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of the movie that set my parents mm-hmm. over the edge, as as far as that goes, and I th- it had to have been like some Disney animated thing, but we we were too cheap to buy tapes, though, so it, it was like it had to have been something that was recorded off of television.
0: Oh, same. We did that. That's how I have uh, <laughs> Ninja Turtles was uh, recorded off of. We had a camcorder, wow. and we would plug the camcorder into whoa, the whoa. VCR, and then tape. Well, tape uh, and make a copy of the tape while we rented it. So
1: <laughs> great. Okay. Anyway, back back to it. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I feel like it was such a big deal, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, specifically, like the toys and and the show and everything. So that when this movie came out, it was a big deal. But it was definitely a movie that like wasn't going to come out. Like it was. De- well, it, it, there was. Right. But, unlike today comic book movies were just poison for the box office. Um, And so the idea that like the idea that we're going to turn this property into a film shockingly in the late eighties, Hollywood is like, nah, we're good.
2: A lot of adults did not, understand what it was so a lot of people that were the gatekeepers had no clue and no idea and it sounded because when you hear teenage mutant ninja turtles it sounds i mean it's making fun of like the b fifth the fifth the movies in the 50s or whatever so it just sounded like it was just like a b movie uh people didn't get it people just didn't get it
1: it does sound like a boom like the more i think about it the more i'm like yeah i wouldn't if i were an adult at that time i too would be like what what do you mean they're teenagers yeah so they were children once and then they grew up, but then their adolescence stopped and they live in a sewer. Are you kidding me? Um, uh, w- uh, real quick, let's say aliens came down from Earth. Just in case there's somebody on here who's mm-hmm. not very familiar mm-hmm. with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for some reason. Like, how would you explain them and the concept of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to those aliens?
2: The original thing about Ninja Turtles is that it was a parody of a bunch of other stories. Uh, the origin, uh, the or- actual origin of the Ninja Turtles kind of parodies the story of Daredevil. Obviously, uh, they were playing with design, so they decided to go with a turtle because it was funny that a turtle, usually known for being slow, would be a ninja. I never thought about that. <laughs> God, I
0: got to go back and and read all these.
2: And so they just kind of started from that point of parody, but that became so famous that they ex- they were like, "Oh, we got to write this. We got to write this bit."
1: <laughs> um. And so who are the, who are the, who are the turtles?
2: You
0: sound like Nadia sounds like a mom asking her kid to explain mm-hmm. it to it. <laughs> and, w- <laughs> All right. and what do they do? What's Carlos, tell them about the turtles. Carlos, What t- what's your favorite turtle? Carlos. I know. Carlos, tell them your favorite turtle. <laughs> what's Leonardo do? Carlos. So when I go to Toys R Us,
1: <laughs> Carlos, <laughs> Carlos, you love the one you love that one who carries that little thing, you know, the thing that it holds. Yeah, my
2: favorite has always been Michelangelo. Uh, and obviously it works because it's four. it. There's a psychological thing where it's like you split the personality traits into four different things. So that they each turtle kind of falls into each category. So it was perfect.
0: Did you have a favorite, Steve? Um. Yeah, Raphael. Because I liked red, and now Raphael because he's an asshole. So it's always been Raphael. Just changed the reasons for it. But it, I like that it's always for no matter what. It's always you know, you know. It is funny speaking about the movie and like saying how like nobody wanted to make this and it was surprised that it ever got made because as a little boy who saw this in theaters, it it is crazy to me that anyone would ever not think. Well, duh. Well, duh, this movie's a good idea. Yeah. Like, the, the, the idea that there were adults who thought that there shouldn't be an Ninja Turtle movie is crazy to me. I wonder if there were children who liked the Michael Bay one as much, who are like, of course it should have been remade. This is so good. I can't imagine that. Never
2: well, I'm sure kids that don't know, it obviously. But, I mean, it's in the box office. It didn't do well, period. So, like...
0: Well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie is a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, none of none of these I guess have ever been critical darlings, but, you
2: yeah. know. Yeah, the first one holds up still like the story, everything. A lot of people complain cuz it was too dark, but when you now with 30 years, you know, a little bit away from it, you can tell it it holds up because they didn't talk down to the children. They really
1: So, let's go through kind of the um like a general plot overview if somebody hasn't seen the movie or they haven't seen it in a hot minute uh what the what this the nineteen ninety version is like
2: basically the beginning of all the cartoon and the and the comics is that uh these turtles have been uh training they were found by with it was a rat that learned um, somehow the rat made it to new York uh found these turtles <laughs> the beginning you of so many excuse movies. me. <laughs> the rat made it to New York. See, the rat already as a rat had been trained in the ways of ninjutsu and so he taught the turtles. Well Raphael gets
0: uh knocked out, right? Doesn't he? Yeah. I remember that being a very emotional moment for me as a child. That might be the first time I was like moved by something in a movie theater. It was wondering if Raphael was gonna die. <laughs> And then he comes to, I remember, I remember how Mm -hmm. happy I was when he comes to in the bath, in the bathtub later when they're at like the country house.
1: I, when I saw this movie, I was really, really young. I did see it in theaters, but I, it's one of those, like, don't remember it all that well situations. Uh, And so I totally forgot about the fact that April has a second home or it's like, I think a family farm or something. Yeah. Family farm. But just, the. Just the idea that it's like thinking about, oh, okay, well who's this rich girl that got to go that has two homes, got to go back and forth between them, then gets to go to school to become a reporter.
0: Well, Nadia, this was the heyday of investigative print
2: journalism. So (laughs) she was making tons of money obviously she inherited it so it's more about white privilege than anything but um (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) no because remember she had a a secondhand store an antique store uh that was she was trying to so on top of being a reporter she also had the store that she wasn't really taking care of which is so wait
0: apartment country house (laughs) antique store full-time reporter job yeah Friends with mutant
2: turtles. Yeah, they're what in
1: Manhattan. What a life yep. in Manhattan.
0: <laughs> but can she find Wait, a she's man? She's not
1: in Brooklyn.
2: <laughs> well, she finds Casey Jones. So, like, that's true.
1: And I couldn't help but wonder
2: what the- <laughs> sex in the city <laughs> And just <Yeah>. like that,
1: <laughs> while Raphael was downtown scouring for uh. I don't know this well enough to be able to do this. I know sex of the city well enough to be able to do this, but I'm going to screw up the specifics.
0: This is a weird Venn diagram where I feel equally confident. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Look at you. Look at you thriving. Look at you thriving. I would be like, I would be like Donatello (laughs) might be, uh, while Donatello was downtown fighting with his bow, I was in, I was in Central Park about to get in a fight with my (laughs) bow.
2: That's so Donatello of you,
0: dude.
1: <laughs> Thank you for saving my ass, Steve.
0: <laughs> oh, who wants to be a Donatello? Uh, people.
1: I think when I was a kid, I did because I grew up in a home where I had to, like, take charge uh, because there weren't a lot of, um, there, there weren't, there there wasn't a lot of uh, adult supervision on the part of my mother who wasn't uh, particularly motherly. So I think there was a part of me that was like, I had to.
0: Yeah, that makes I you more of Leonardo. I, a I think
1: you're more of a Leonardo then. Um so how much do you know about the making of this film because the production history it's is uh, uh, it's yeah. kind of insane. Yeah, it's really bananas.
2: Cuz this is technically this is a, I, I do remember knowing it wasn't a, technically it was an independent movie. It wasn't it was made outside of the Hollywood system because when they pitched it to people they were said no. Basically nobody wanted Hollywood did not want to get involved in the ninja turtle business so they went outside of it. Um I mean, the only connection to the Hollywood was Jim Henson who did the uh, the puppet, but they're more like for hire, so they had to pay them. If I'm not mistaken, is it Blair Witch? I think um, it was the most successful independent movie for a long time until Blair Witch came out, like towards the end of the decade. Uh, that it made so much money. Whoa, yeah, it made I so much money for an independent um, movie.
1: Golden Harvest golden harvest did like bruce lee movies right they did it was it's like a a chinese company or hong kong based company so like they're mostly known for martial arts films so it makes a lot of sense that they would have kind of taken this thing on that's got martial arts stuff involved um uh did you know however though as i was doing some research i i this line stuck out to me which is basically uh gary proper is the guy who like really started to take this place is he was a surfer dude and road manager for gallagher <laughs> and then he's the one that became the obsessed with the idea wow. of making a movie and then teamed up with a producer and then they they figured out live action rights and stuff yeah, and i was sense. like what <laughs> the guy who was a road manager yeah. for gallagher is the guy who yeah. brought this movie
2: to- <laughs> I mean i mean i didn't know that but How? it makes sense <laughs> Once, now that you tell me, I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. It feels right. This feels right.
1: Yeah, I did, did it. It's not that it felt wrong. I was just like, yeah. what?
2: There was no reason why this thing should have been as successful as it has been for so long.
1: Yeah, there's a quote from uh, uh, Tom Gray, who was the head of uh, production at Golden Harvest, who said there was this light bulb moment where they went, wait a minute, this is nothing more than four of our exactly. Chinese stuntmen in rubber suits.
2: They figured it but out. I'm like, <laughs> Because I don't know, if yeah. you, I don't know if you knew this, but originally they wanted to go the Roger Rabbit route. Did you know that? Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Tell me more.
0: Uh, no, yeah. they just wanted to
2: do people reacting to animated stuff, but then they quickly decided to go with suits.
0: Yeah, I think like there's a lot of like. The yeah, the puppetry and all the practical effects work really well in this. And then like a couple years later, you get into like the late '90s and 2000s, where CGI was just starting, and like everybody started doing CGI. And there's like decades of movies that are just garbage and won't age well because they tried to do CGI before it was good enough. Like The Rock in the Skeleton Key looks so bad. And so I'm imagining like this movie if it would have held up if the animation or if like that ended up not being as good, uh, if it, you know,
2: would have worked. CGI wasn't as good, but why in the hell is Jurassic park still looks so good compared to everything else?
0: Oh, I watched I a YouTube a- video about Jurassic that. park.
1: I think I watched the same YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: don't remember the reason. <laughs>
1: For Jurassic Park in particular, I know a lot of it had to do with uh, composition and the cinematography of it. When you watch like Jurassic World, a lot of it's in wide shots and it just makes the dinosaurs like they're trying to go for is look how tall and big this thing is. But it actually takes away from the suspense versus when you have like just that big foot in that eyeball and like, Uh, s- similar to Jaws, where it's just like building up—is this thing going to eat me or destroy me or what have you? Uh, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I would say that probably one of the reasons it holds up like that is because with the puppetry involved and like look, going for that gritty look that was kind of like like Batman came out right—the yeah, first Batman with um, Michael Keaton and, and like that. So it was sort of people were kind of starting to go in that direction of like let's go with real. There's Green only
2: Rocker, one uh, shot at the beginning of Batman. And I don't know if you remember when they show he- him walking it's like a shadow shot from on top, and you can totally tell that it's animated. it looks like a card. like it's
1: a- yes, yeah, it yeah, like this thing you're talking about where it looks lived in, I think comes from the fact that it's like this mix of uh Jim Henson's uh puppets being used for the yeah. turtles so that and the other creatures so that it, yeah, it just like on that scale uh. that's where it gets tricky. Uh, Like, I'm surprised that this happened the way that it did, because, yeah, today it would be done all with uh, CGI and computers. But back then, they're like, no, we're going to do it this way. Um, And
2: they're so expressive. And the animatronics work so well, like every shot where they have to express something with their face, they nail it. I mean, you believe that they're really expressing those things. It's not just like a mask.
1: I think I have an answer to why that happened, though, because there were two sets of costumes. There was these action turtles that didn't have electronics in them. And then there were other ones that had facial expressions. Yes. Like, yeah, there was a stunt ones. And then there's ones that were meant to control eye movement and mouth movement. So they were really like able to get detailed, which I just don't know that you can do with CGI stuff as well. Um, unless the whole thing is animated, unless you're doing an animated film and then you get to take a lot of liberties.
2: The next reboot should have a combination of both the suit and CGI, which is, I thought that's what was going to happen with Michael Bay. I didn't realize that we're going to do full CG cause they're, they're just, people are so dependent on it. Uh,
0: yeah. And it just doesn't look good. It looks yeah. off putting. Uh,
1: what also doesn't make any sense to the Michael Bay ones is that, uh, they were horny for April. Like there's a moment where apparently Michelangelo right. says she's so hot. I can feel my shell tightening, which, tightening.
2: Well, but- in the movie, they, they, they have a crush. I mean, Raph, they, they play up the fact that Raph has a crush uh, or they have, you know, like, cause he, there is some interspecies stuff that, when handled well, could work. But the way that they <laughs> treated it, the way they sexualized it on uh, Michael Bay, was just disgusting.
0: <laughs> well, on there what <laughs> How would that work they are it would have worked
2: <laughs> well in worked. the sense that in the sense that it's a metaphor for when you feel like you're an outcast and you want to be a part of something and you fall in love with the impossible person these are themes that you kind of see happening not like oh i want to stick it inside <laughs> That's, you know what? That's fair. That's
0: fair. If we were able to make a movie where we felt like we could connect with two robots falling in love, why can there not be right, exactly. a where we can connect with a woman falling in love with a teenage mutant ninja turtle?
2: I I agree. They represent that's the first person they have like a legitimate uh, relationship with, so of course they're gonna like have a huge crush on this human being that's nice to them. It
0: is all. Yeah, I funny. mean, all they've known a- up. <laughs> Oh, go on, go on. No, you go ahead, because then I'm going <laughs> to transition to a, a parallel topic. Ooh.
1: Uh, I was just going to say that, like, I mean, a lot of this movie, as you're saying thematically, it's like this idea of being an outsider. It's like they're being raised by, you know, they're, they're all ba- they're her orphans, you know? Yeah. And Shredder's sort of their Fagin, and uh, the idea that they are... Uh, Meant to become sort of thieves and assassins And all that shit it, it forces them to grow up so fast And so this is the only thing that they know So of course it's the second that they um, Are able to to Hang out with somebody who Is totally accepting of them Despite their weird background Like of course they're going to have romantic feelings About that And they're teenagers, they're horny I mean, it's gonna happen
2: That's perfect, that's a perfect metaphor too Because What I loved about the original series or the comic book series and the movie, is that it's also like when you're growing up, you have, I had, you know, you have your strict, when you have strict parents, you have there's that push and pull between your sense of duty, responsibility, your sense of integrity as a person, while you're also battling the fact that you have hormones and you're a teenager, you just want to have fun and you don't want to apply yourself. So it's that push and pull that I think makes a problem. Cause you, you do respect your elders. You do resp- you know, for, for a lot of for, at least for me, in my case, uh i i f- i felt that i felt that struggle of like i want to respect my elders and i think that comes from just the latino the latinx experience as well uh but also you want to play and you want to be goofy and you want to do all these things you want to be a child you don't want to you want homework well that sucks you know that kind of thing
1: yeah Oh, no, totally. I, my dad's an immigrant and his uh, when I try to tell people like, oh, I didn't really get to do sleepovers or get to do fun stuff. They'd be like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, because in my dad's POV, he's like, well, why would you be having fun? You need to be studying so that you can have a right. career uh, at the, even at, you know, age eight, nine, ten or whatever. So then you hit this rebellion point where you're like, no, but I don't want to do any of those things anymore. I want to do the thing everybody else is doing, which is b- being normal and having fun. Right uh it's it's tough it's tough to go through that it's tough to and it's an easily identifiable thing i don't think you have to have a, you know a, this experience or right. uh experience of immigrant had to go through it, but at the same time it's like it, it makes it that much more resonant. Yeah. um steve you were oh. gonna say something that's
0: parallel to all well- this It's just interesting because talking about falling in love with April O'Neil and being sexually attracted to this reporter. This was after Megan Fox had famously said working with Michael Bay was awful. He treated her like garbage, like she was just a sexual object in the movie. And then she comes back. Hey, to you want a job the doing the same meal. thing? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Can we, um, instead <laughs> of Shia <laughs> LaBeouf, could we have um, Ninja Turtles get horny over yeah. you? I guess she probably like, you know what? At least that way that CGI people, I could, that, that's less awkward for me on set. If it's somebody in one of those, you know, green suits with the ping pong balls all over it. Yeah. Um, Speaking of April O'Neil, she was played by a different actress in the first movie, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Judith Hogue. Uh, Just a couple of other things she went on to do. She was uncredited in the 2010 remake of A Nightmare on Elm
2: Street. Yeah.
0: And in the Michael Bay sequel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, in the second one, she had a cameo Um. that was deleted. So, a little bit, uh, uh, she's, actually, if you go to her Wikipedia, she's, like, working very steady, tons and tons of TV appearances, she was on Nashville, she's doing fine, I'm being a garbage person by pointing out the two most embarrassing things, leaving out that she has a full, <laughs> you, you she has a full over <laughs> yeah. 40 credits. went from on 1990 here. to the... Never mind that she was, that she's doing fine, I had to point out the two, like, she, I had to point out the cameo that got deleted just to be a dick.
2: No, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I don't remember why they chose to go with somebody else for the next movie. I don't. I don't.
0: Um, if I had to guess, she's probably younger or prettier or whiter. <laughs> just if I had to guess.
1: Uh, in looking at the other actors involved, so a lot of the. F- Folks, that were the voices. Some of these people, you are names that you might recognize, and maybe some of them aren't. Um, but I forgot that Corey Feldman is the voice of Donatello, uh, and that Kevin Clash, the the questionable figure behind Elmo, is the voice of Splinter, which is a crazy puppet yeah. that it required like either three or four people behind it um, to operate because it was yeah. uh, so technically advanced. Which was something that made me go, like, whoa. Um, speaking of the costumes, too, uh, mm-hmm. those costumes were heavy as hell, apparently. Like, like they, they, uh, they, yeah, like, you would suit up, then they'd put the head on, then they'd glue the head so that it was seamless, and then if you had to go cut, maybe the head wasn't working or, like, wasn't turning right or what have you, so then there would be, like, an hour to fix uh and you're just like sweating in that shit and you're just feeling super claustrophobic and the guy who played Raphael, um, josh Pius, is that how you say his name um apparently he had like a mild claustrophobia and Raphael's kind of yeah. you know a, a, a head case anyway so like he'd had this thing where he'd get to a point where he was in there too long and he had to get out of that head and he would just like freak out and just be like take this fucking head off and like uh use that in each scene which might be why uh he does such a good job of the movie it's probably because he- well
2: if you look at if you go google image like production stills it's always you're gonna find just about every picture of the turtles without their masks on drenched in sweat like these poor people and actually fun fact if you don't know like the in the second one they have like a human psychic. Called Kino. The character's name Kino. Yes,
0: pizza delivery Kino, guy. Right,
2: pizza delivery guy. So Kino was one. He he suited up in the first one. He was either a stuntman or he got to play because there's pictures of him suited up in the turtle suit.
0: Oh wow, that's inspiring. You see that, Nadia? Finally, see Nadia. You start. You can start with one small thing, and you know you <laughs> might not want to be in this turtle suit, but you might uh, be the pizza boy next movie. One can yeah. dream.
1: Uh... I know. They, l- listen, kids, everybody's got to have a dream and just start small and just work your way up. Put in the work, you know, put in the work. Um,
0: when Jim Carrey was in the Grinch movie, uh, he famously, they hired a former prisoner of war to give him oh, uh, a yeah. tip on how to deal, how to like, how they would deal with torture because being in that Grinch costume was the equivalent of torture. Ugh, Yeah. That's crazy. Did, no thanks. Yeah. I put on a Halloween it, mask and I'm done. Yeah. I want a three billion dollar <laughs> bonus for putting on a mask.
2: <laughs> you can barely put a mask on during this pandemic. No.
1: Uh, didn't Jim Carrey have to put on like <laughs> y- br- like th- it was some sort of like insanely hard contacts too to get his eyes to be that color of green? Sh- oh
0: yeah, H- contacts. Just like shit all over his face. What's that called? Like um, like
1: like plastic. Oh. Okay. Like,
0: latex that's it like yeah like late latex uh like like on his nose like all over like or
2: like when they do a face mask or a mold that is whoosh you really gotta just uh very
0: very successful movie made a shitload of money and the reason they didn't do a grinch 2 is because jim carrey was like nope i'm not yeah, i don't doing
1: blame him uh
0: Either that or Dr. Seuss's estate was like, no, you (laughs) fucked that up too bad. We're not doing more Grinch.
2: Did they take to the Benedict Cumberbatch one? Did the kids enjoy it?
0: I mean, that's the thing. It's the Grinch. It's Dr. Seuss. Like the people who didn't enjoy it, it wasn't for them. And the people who it was made for enjoyed it. I never saw it, but I have opinions.
1: I didn't see it either, but I can only imagine that. I'm sure there are some kids out there now where it's like, it's Christmas. Let's watch that one Grinch movie. And everybody goes, okay.
0: Which one? <laughs> and then
1: it's like I don't know either. And they're like okay, and then it's just yeah. <laughs> it's met it's met with the same apathy and unenthusiasm as those Grinch billboards were met with.
0: Yeah, I mean we've got to have a Grinch. We've got to have a Christmas movie on, I guess. What's something we can put on while we yeah. decorate and <laughs> not right, pay right, attention right. to a Gr- <laughs> a Grinch movie?
2: We're we're do due. we're do a hot take on the Grinch.
0: Um, I, I think so.
1: Uh, a lot of the actors, they also like made these very conscious accent decisions. Like, Raphael had this super New York-y accent. Uh, Michelangelo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Michelangelo has this, like, uh, surfer dude accent. Um, and then the other two didn't make any hard choices. But those are two that stand out to me as, like, they were actually really thinking about it hard, and I was like, oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, Raphael! <laughs> well, yeah. if they were... If they were thinking about it hard, they would have thought, well, we're all brothers, and we grew up in the exact same... Uh, sure, but they location. have to differentiate the characters all <laughs> yeah.
2: Otherwise, they all would sound like... <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, what did you do turtles? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's happening? What's good? What's good? They're all going to sound like...
0: Uh, what's his name? <laughs> That's true. And before the movie, or no, before the, before the cartoon, uh, they didn't have their differentiating no. colors. They were all, they all red, and first. they all... S-
2: so if they all sounded the same, yeah. and they were all red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be in a real. So that's why they took from the cartoon the differentiation of the colors, and the yeah, like Michelangelo. The reason why Michelangelo was surfer because in the in the cartoon he was they used a surfer voice. That's we would like, be
1: rem- oh, go on, go on. Sorry,
0: m- mine is such nonsense. There's no reason to even. Mine's a reference to Doctor Sleep, so
2: skip it and <laughs> and ask your and ask your
0: question.
2: Okay, I didn't see Doctor Sleep.
0: Doctor Sleep combined the book Doctor Sleep with the movie of The Shining. Uh, So it's kind of like a sequel to both the book The Shining and the movie The Shining that are not, Mm -hmm. but, but those are both two separate things, so. That's but it right. doesn't satisfy it either. It, well, it satisfies both. So, like, it kind of did what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did by sad by taking like good st- what worked from the TV show, what worked for the right. comic, and combining. That's kind of what Doctor Sleep did. Like I said, it yeah. was no need for me to bring that up. But I hope Nadia hasn't forgot what you. I appreciate spend.
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> um. uh Well, here's the thing. There's a reason I kept bringing up pizza at the beginning of this. And it's because mm-hmm. Pizza had a 20 Pizza Hut had a 20 million dollar marketing campaign tied to this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though However, Domino's yeah. was in mm-hmm. the film itself. Yeah. <laughs> Looking yeah. incredible.
2: <laughs> this is very confusing. This is very confusing.
1: Are yeah. you a Pizza Hut guy or are you a Domino's guy, Carlos?
2: It's a matter of uh mood. It's a mood.
1: Sure, sure. If you had to absolutely choose one of these garbage chains, if I'd items. have to go
2: first, I go with Pizza Hut. Same. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then, but sometimes I'll get Domino I mean, I don't. I don't honestly. I try not to. I feel I've I. I find myself. Going to be honest, I find myself that if I am craving Pizza Hut and or Domino's, I'm usually in a bad place in my life. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: Yes, no, there was
0: <laughs>
2: Yeah, what is this what
0: is this craving trying to fill? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I have that with crispy cream donuts. If I yeah. find myself going like nothing will do but crispy cream, I'm like, okay, Nadia, okay. you need to journal. You yeah. do not need to drive to Krispy Kreme. You need to figure out what your feelings are. I'll and still not go to Krispy Kreme, to- but then I'll
2: also journal, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I will stand by Domino's Thin Crust or a gluten-free, because they had to make the gluten-free pizzas, like, on the spot, I think, apparently. So they're a little bit fresher. Uh... Like if if I'm in a situation where that is all that is available, I will always go for the thin crust. Yeah. Otherwise, I guess Pizza Hut. It's just so funny to me that it's like there's so Pizza Hut is the one that swooped in and said like, yes, we will tie ourselves to this, even though we will not put our pizza in the film or for or for whatever reason they weren't. You know, well, I think what
2: happened is that did, are, Domino's didn't realize how big the movie was going to be either. So they were just like, OK, but then uh, Pizza Hut, I, th- I think, saw the opportunity. And s- there was a big thing because, yeah, they definitely stole the thing from Domino's under Domino's like they were. Yeah. yeah.
1: And this is back when Pizza Hut still had uh restaurants.
2: Yeah. Well, too. it was like a family experience oh, and you would sit that down was the
0: best. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing beats going to a sit down Pizza Hut with the family.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh. Those were the, the days. salad bar. Mm hmm. Yeah. Fill up on croutons and ranch before the pizza even comes. Are you kidding? Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> no vegetables, just no. croutons and yeah. ranch.
0: Disgusting.
2: And, that, and right, then
0: those and are, then are just to provide some color.
2: It, and and I get just thinking about it. I could smell, you know, I could smell the restaurant. You get I could smell exactly yeah. all the pizza smell the same.
0: Oh, man. But the cheese in the pizza of these Ninja Turtle movies is insane. Right. Like, oh, the I just stretch. remember like, how stretchy it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's Hollywood. It's Good Hollywood aspect. cheese. You know. Oh, yeah. I just
0: I want to know how they made it look. Like, what was the? What did
2: they do? That's really where you. That's the documentary we all want to watch. Is how they make know. cheese. Yeah, that's a <laughs> special
1: feature that should be on these uh, DVDs yeah. and Blu-rays. Is but how did they get that? I was cheese? gonna
2: say that commercial that people I think are feel equally if not more nostalgic about is the. There's a song and it's a little kid playing little league and he's not he's in the outfield the kids in the outfield' like I could probably I don't remember this I mean I could if I hear the the beat I could probably sing it again but then he they end up winning because he catches the ball and they take they go to Pizza Hut I don't know if you remember but Google it or YouTube it uh that was just as popular as because it always you know you have to watch it before you watch the movie
1: here's the thing as Steve pointed out before on Rotten Tomatoes it's a 40 percent of uh the review or from the critical reviews and i just wanted to take a second to read some of those uh not the whole things just some words that stood okay. out to me uh from reviews that took place at the time um particularly this one, from oh, <laughs> yeah where he
0: it's
1: Uh, The Robert Ebert review in particular Really made me laugh Because the first half of it is just him Complaining about the Nintendo game Yeah (laughs) It's just him saying everything they do Is accompanied by the same Maddening music which plays over and over again Until it drills itself into the tooth of your mind Uh there's said to be many levels to the video game, but I succeeded in penetrating only to the second before I realized I had to abandon Ninja Turtles that instant or risk permanent psychic wow, damage. Yeah. And then there's like another three paragraphs that are like,
0: so then I guess they yeah, made a movie. Wait,
2: a wait. Is he talking about the Yeah, Nintendo the original one, which to this game. day is probably one of the hardest games to ever be. Yeah, that game
0: yeah. fucking sucks. He's right. Yeah. that game deserves but, yeah. to. That game is so bad. I agree that it <laughs> takes away from the score of the movie.
2: Why do they make a movie of my pain?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. New and line it's just Cinema like- <laughs>
0: did this on purpose. I feel so attacked. He
1: he does he does give a lot of props to the production design, so the sewers and the city streets, uh, and says that like it's a very dark film, and one wonders after seeing it if young turtle fans are being denied the brightness and bounciness of an earlier generation of films. Uh,
2: and I say, no, I was eight years old and I remember,
1: uh, my my hot take that also hasn't changed since eight years old is also the same last line of this Roger Ebert review where he says turtle, by the way, is a very funny word. I stand by that turtle is a funny word. It's (laughs) been a funny word. It's, yeah, it's yeah. It got me when I was five. It yeah, gets it sound, me now. It, it's turtle. like very hard not to. Say. It turtle. always turtle. sounds like you're
2: drunk when you say turtle. It sounds like something you would say when you're yeah. when you're drunk. Uh, a turtle. There
0: was a there was a Dana Carvey movie called Master of Disguise, and one yep. of his disguises was to be a turtle. And I remember him turtle, going turtle, 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 turtle.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. His famous his famous turtle character.
2: Dude, it is so bad. There's you could probably find a thing on YouTube about it, but it's like plot wise oh my god it's like on acid
1: do you think that there was a lot of cocaine used for uh teenage teenage, you know i'm just realizing this was made in the late 80s and i feel like cocaine was fueling everything
2: i feel like they were i feel like they were just messing around they would just like spend their time in this space trying to come up with ideas for comics and they were just like oh i'm gonna come up with this you make it better or you make your own version they came back and forth, and then And then something stuck with the Ninja Turtles, so they kept developing it, and that's really where it came from. It just came from, like, literally somebody saying one thing and people just yes-ending it into an empire.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes-ending it into an
0: empire. Yeah.
1: We should all be so lucky. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. is there any particular part of the movie where if you're like, I have to show this part to somebody to like help them understand who I am mm. as an adult today? Like what do you think that scene is? Uh,
2: I mean just I, I don't know if there's a specific scene, but definitely watching it as an adult uh because this movie really also kind of deals with uh loss of uh family like death in the family it, which is not represented by the death of splinter but the fact that he's taken away so for a while they have to cope with the loss like mourning kind of sort of so that's a huge i don't know man so many themes um i don't know if there's one specific scene but there's definitely something that if you watch I think the more you watch, the more you step away from it and you go back to it, there's definitely, there's a lot.
1: I'll give this to the movie. They cast Sam Rockwell in there.
2: Yes. It's like
1: one of his first early He's He was roles. one of
2: the thugs. He's the first thug. I think the first line opening scene, uh, I don't know if he has the first line, but no, he doesn't because she talks to the, when uh, she's about to get mugged, he's the first guy that ever opens his mouth.
1: Yeah. He uh he says regular or menthol.
2: Oh, we're not wow. th- we're, we're not there, not specifically. That's when, when he brings in the Danny. When Danny the character the son decides yeah. to join the, they go up, they're like, You got you got cigarettes, <laughs> oh no, he goes, You got video games, you got whatever. And Danny's trying to be cool and he goes, You got any cigarettes? And he just grabs two packs and he goes, regular or menthol? And Danny's like, Oh, these guys are the real deal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: because they go to the corner store and they buy two varieties yeah. of sticks <laughs> yeah it's a
2: full pack
1: um did you know that roger Corman was gonna produce this movie at yeah. first that makes the one sense. who made the really bad fantastic four yeah the 90s?
2: i mean yeah because after jim henson he was the only guy that was doing it like that and, and on a budget because they needed to do originally i think they only had like three million dollars to make this whole movie and then when they decided to go with jim henson they were like oh we need we can't. We can't do it at 3 billion. It's impossible if we want this to look good. So, but Roger Carver would have figured out a way. He did for fantastic Exactly. He did the same thing for Fantastic Four. I mean, as something to behold. I have a soft spot for a really bad movie. Like, if really, I will sit down for a really bad movie. Oh, I fucking love a bad movie.
0: Yeah, what it is, it's the earnestness. It's that every, nobody came together and thought, let's make this bad. And in there trying to make it good. Like, that's what I love. I watched Cat. I rented it and I watched it twice because nobody, yeah, because nobody in that movie, like if you look at Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. those people got into Ninja Turtle suits and acted and like they knew what they were going to look like in the finished product because mm-hmm. they were in costumes. The cats people were not in cat costumes because that was all being added digitally. So you get Ian McKellen and all of these actors giving it their own. All Because they think that this is going to look cool. Like, if they knew that that's how they were going to look in Cats, we wouldn't have gotten those performances. That's what's amazing to me.
2: Yeah, that's the one thing about CGI. You don't really... It's outside. It's out of your hands at that point. I yeah. haven't Are seen it yet, but you do I need to Michael know? Do, do I need to have the history of the musical for me to enjoy this movie? Or no, does it no all you need to know. Not at
0: all. It is a. It is a series of Jellicle songs for jellical cats. Yeah, that keep. And, he, uh, I keep hearing that. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't ask
1: it. what it means. Okay. No one knows. Okay. No. Just if you, just yeah. go into it with an open mind and um, and yeah. possibly a lot of drugs. A lot of and, marijuana. And,
0: and yeah. don't and don't overthink it, you know. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Keep it simple. Okay. You know, it's just like these guys. It's four brothers that live in a the sewer. They eat pizza. They know ninja stuff. The end. Cool. There you go. What's there? What's there to know?
2: I feel like now Wait. I have a better uh, understanding and appreciation for cats. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and I have a better understanding and appreciation for uh, why Megan Fox's career turned out the
0: way that yikes, it
2: did. Yes. 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 Yes.
0: Hey, Jennifer's body is experiencing a renaissance, is as a two ahead of its time uh, feminist horror comedy. So that movie's good. It's true, and she's married to Brian Austin Green. Still, I think so. We're having some oh no, Megan Fox, Brian Austin Green. Well, we can't we can't end until we know that.
2: Please. (laughs)
0: um just room there's uh uh rumors um he's not wearing his as of. okay this is a long time ago nadia carlos as of 11 hours ago brian austin green was spotted without his wedding
2: (laughs) (laughs) 11 hours ago wow (gasps) Mm -hmm. Uh, do you uh, think
1: quarantine is the thing that was the nail in the coffin on the no i think the
2: relationship was the nail that was in the (laughs) Nailed the, uh, the coffin of their relationship coffin.
1: Uh, Sances, thank you so much for coming on why do you know that <laughs> thank you for coming on with all your thank, hot you, thank
2: you so much this is so much fun thank you i have all this useless information and it's always fun to to finally uh <laughs> to have some uh, some reason to put it all out into the universe
1: uh, is there uh, anything that you would like to plug? Uh, this sanity.
2: Time? I'd like to plug for Sanity and uh, Survival. <laughs> I have the show Antified, is out on Netflix, which is really interesting because, in a way, it's made people want to watch it more than once. Because you know, people are just trying to survive, trying to watch content. Uh, I feel like I don't really know what the effects of the show is going to be until it's over and I walk out so I could either, it's could be like a very Harry Potter situation where I'm like, I'm just a regular guy and then I walk out and they're like, hey he's a wizard, <laughs> I don't know so it could either be that or people are just apathetic about my performance
0: it's the man from inside my TV <laughs> <Exactly>.
2: box <laughs> he's magical, so yeah, so that happened and hopefully that'll open up some, you know, some doors uh, moving forward and so right now that's all I got, and then I'm still doing the podcast with Spanish Chic presents uh, at Earwolf. We're recording from each other's houses, and
1: with former guests uh, Tony Rodriguez and Oscar Montoya. That's we get right. Uh,
2: so that's every Tuesday, still coming out with an episode.
0: Also another strong four person. Yeah, ladies. look at that. Oh yeah.
2: Yes. And it's funny because in that setting, I am more of a Leonardo. <laughs> I'm more of a dad. I feel in I'm that more of a setting- dad in that scenario.
0: I feel in that setting, you're Leonardo with three Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> Probably.
1: <laughs> uh, and, and you where can find me, find me on Instagram
2: at, of course, it's Carlos. Of course, it's Carlos on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on, uh, it's Carlos Santos. It's complicated.
1: Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod, or on Twitter at WhyDoYouKnowPod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime.